This is making finances easier with Paul Cochran, Garrett Crawford, and Bruce Landis from Providence Wealth Management. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Paul, Garrett, and Bruce provide their clients and prospects the information they need regarding Social Security, Retirement Income Planning, Wealth Management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful strategies to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now here is Making Finances Easier with Paul Cochran, Garrett Crawford, and Bruce Landis. Hello everyone, uh, Paul Cochran here with uh, Garrett Crawford, uh, Making Finances Easier. Uh, we are colleagues here at Providence Advisors Group. Uh, Garrett, how you doing this morning? I'm doing pretty good. Well, uh, November is here, Paul. I hear you. It's hard to believe. In fact, that brings me to my little uh, trivia question. Uh, favorite Thanksgiving food? Uh, okay, so uh, it's funny. My wife and I were talking about this the other night, but I'm going to change my answer because something just came to me, and uh, you're, you're probably not going to like it, but... Uh, Pass me the gravy boat on Thanksgiving. <laughs> uh, I... I don't have gravy very much during the year, but one of the things I love about Thanksgiving, uh, at least the traditional Thanksgiving plate, is if you have that gravy boat in your hand, you can take a big scoop of it, and you can just pour it on every single <laughs> thing on the plate. The dry turkey, the stuffing, the corn, the green beans, whatever casserole you got on there. Uh, but... Uh, the the gravy boat is one of my favorite pieces on the Thanksgiving table. And then my, the other one I was thinking of, uh, and I was talking to Eva about it last night, but uh, how much of Thanksgiving, it's not really about the food. The thing that you really care about is the people. And uh, so some, somehow our foods get tied into those yeah. people. And uh, one of the things I always think about on Thanksgiving, Mom, if you're out there listening, uh, it's used to make me fudge on Thanksgiving. And, uh, <laughs> it is just one of my memories waking up on Thanksgiving morning. My mom would whip up the fudge, put it in the oven, and it would cool all afternoon. And hopefully by uh, dinner time, I'd get some. And what's uh, the reason I say that is uh, Eva made me some fudge a few years ago. And it was just fudge at the end uh, of the day. Uh, and it was good. But really, I realized my, my fudge fascination at Thanksgiving is, is more about my mom than the actual fudge. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Paul? Thanksgiving. Well, you Please. you know you make a good point that uh, especially if the turkey's been a little dried out, which can happen sometimes, and uh, and I think if you get that whole plate going, if you've got the turkey and the dressing, a little bit of little candy sweet potatoes and some other things there, and um, you, you can put a little gravy on all that, and you really can uh, take it up a notch. Um, but I would say two things. First, if it's, if you're going to go the traditional, the traditional Thanksgiving route, I would say uh, I, I just really like those candied sweet potatoes that uh, that Sandy makes. Um, but you know uh, what we've done here a lot in the past ten years that we really haven't had much push pushback 
is um, a lot of times we're doing ribeyes on holidays, mm. and uh, and the ribeyes seem to no one seems to complain. Uh, occasionally, there's uh, uh, maybe a traditionalist that uh, hey, can we do turkey once this year or whatever? But uh, everybody just loves ribeyes so much. So ribeye and a sweet potato, ribeye and a baked potato, whatever. Um, that's uh, I don't know. For most of the guys I've talked to, uh, ribeyes are hard to beat. 12 minutes on the grill versus four and a half hours in the <laughs> oven. Sign me up for the ribeyes. Yeah. Uh, well, hey, real quick, uh, second part of that question. What's, is there a Thanksgiving food that you really just don't like that, that people uh, – because for me – that would be the the cranberry oh, yeah. the cranberry slices there yeah. that people throw on the turkey platter mm, mm. Uh, annex those from the <laughs> uh, Thanksgiving holiday I don't want that stuff touching my plate yeah it's so funny because my, my wife and I've got so many people in my family that love both the cranberries uh, and beets which for some reason I think of in the same category maybe it's just because they're the same color but I don't like either one of them and then uh, they're into deviled eggs and it seemed like uh, everybody yeah. else said, I don't think I'm the only one on the planet that's not into them but I just don't like them alright well you and I will get together for ribeyes <laughs> and uh, let anybody else in our family eat the, uh, the cranberry sauce trays okay so as we're recording here, I think some people are wondering, uh, you know, about the, you know, the election. Uh, turns out uh, things haven't, the dust hasn't settled. Looks like there might be a runoff in in, uh, in Georgia. Um, again, that could be settled by the time our listeners hear this. But uh, people often ask, you know, what's going to happen, you know, and and I think most people kind of um, have heard or kind of get the gist that. Uh, with a Democrat in the White House, that uh, the best market performance uh, through the year has come when Republicans held either the House or the Senate or both. Uh, that uh, I, I think the average annual S&P returns have been, you know, uh, 14% in a split Congress, uh, roughly 13% in a Republican-held Congress under a Democratic president. So. It's hard to say on those things, but generally speaking, having, um, you know, some deadlock, you know, could be good uh, in terms of people's investment portfolio. But that being said, that's not what we're talking about today. Um, (laughs) What's on your mind, Garrett? Well, uh, I thought we could spend a a couple shows uh, talking about insurance in retirement, uh, or really maybe even insurance for across uh, different spectrums. But uh, like the title of maybe uh, this show and maybe next week's show would be, where do insurance companies fit in to financial planning and specifically uh, retirement planning? Because we find ourselves doing that a lot for the kind of late 50s crowds up through that transition into retirement and then on the other side. But uh, insurance is a hot topic. Uh, Some people are for it. Some people are against it. Some people have, uh, well, actually almost everybody has preconceived notions about it. And I thought we could just spend a couple minutes today, Paul, maybe I could interview you, uh, have a couple questions here and uh, let our listeners in to some of the conversations we have. But uh, let me start with this. Uh, There are a few types of insurance that kind of regardless of your age, uh, as long as you've you know, old enough to have a job and beyond uh, that, you, that you probably should have. And the ones that I came up with off the top of my head is most everybody should have some type of health insurance. Uh, they should probably have car insurance, 
home insurance. And then uh, one that's not so common, uh, but I, I'm a believer in that most people should have an umbrella insurance policy. However, there are other types of insurance that I would say are very common and, uh, you know, it warrants a conversation on whether or not they fit into your plan uh, for retirement. And that would be life insurance, annuities, long-term care insurance, disability insurance, and maybe even dental insurance uh, for retirement. But we obviously can't cover all of those topics in this segment. In fact, Paul, that's kind of what we do. We, we cover each of these in depth with clients uh, year by year by year by mm-hmm. year. And to think that you can do it justice in you know, one half hour show. Uh, so I thought what we could do is just kind of give some listeners and talk about one of those today. Uh, and that would be annuities mm-hmm. and how they fit uh, for uh, those getting close to retirement and transitioning through on the other side. Uh, so let's start with this. Uh, I don't have a promo code or a coupon for a free steak dinner uh, <laughs> for the next 10 or 15 minutes uh, to give out. This is just going to be uh, Paul Cochran uh, and some of the things he shares with our clients when they come in and they mm-hmm. have uh, experiences with friends, mail in the uh, mailbox, other people that have said, uh, things about annuities and we just kind of want to cut through the dust but i know you've been around the block uh you know that that world uh better than i do at this point you've seen a lot of different things come across your desk talked with a lot of different clients uh but i i I could have a kind of elementary view of all this but when i think about annuities i think boy there's there's just a lot of different options out there Mm -hmm. you hear hear people talk about uh, immediate annuities and deferred annuities and fixed annuities and then variable annuities. Uh, I don't know if you can maybe just kind of give us a kind of starter 101 on annuities, how they work, why somebody would even begin to think about purchasing annuity. And then out of that list, I just said, are, are there ones that you kind of lean more towards or are there ones that you lean away from? Okay. Boy, those are all good questions. Um, So let's start with just a couple definitions. Uh, First, um, there are, uh, you know, two main categories in in my mind that I find helpful to kind of categorize with clients when it comes to annuities. Um, One would be a fixed annuity. Um, And generally, when I say fixed, I'm simply saying that there's uh, no uh, market uh, exposure. Uh, you don't have any um, market uh, liability. It's fixed in that you, you don't lose money uh, you know, in that product, as opposed to a variable annuity, which um, does own uh, some sort of stock or uh, some, some equity, a mutual fund uh, stocks. Um, and so it, it can definitely earn more, um, but they tend to be more expensive because you have to buy insurance within that thing to protect your downside. Um, and so they tend to have ongoing expenses uh, that, um, in general, give them uh, a little bit uh, more of a bad name, um, I think, over time. So fixed and then variable. Um, then another kind that 
um, is important to discuss, and I think this came up in a couple conversations you and I had recently, and those are um, immediate uh, annuities, um, single premium immediate annuities, and not as common anymore, but basically what you're doing is you're giving uh, money to an insurance company and they're basically giving your money back uh, with some interest and their promise depending on uh, how it's structured their promise is that that hey you give us your money and we're going to dole it out to you in a way that we're going to guarantee you won't run out of money mm-hmm. so that's the main pitch so let's say if somebody has uh, you know the appeal might be they have no beneficiaries they have a lot of money and they want to just make sure they have a good you know a, a, a good solid retirement income yeah. and uh, you know one of the stories that's kind of uh, anecdotal there where that didn't go well was uh, the story is told that Bear Bryant when he retired from Alabama uh, put all his money in these single premium immediate annuities to get a really good return well he died not long after that and the insurance companies kept all that money and so um, I think you and I looked at one the other day where we did the calculations on what it would be. I remember the individual that didn't yep. have any children, they, they don't want to preserve money for anybody, et cetera. And, um, and so just to do due diligence, we looked at the immediate annuity numbers, but actually this uh, new, newer um, genre uh, called uh, – well, it's really a, a, a feature, uh, an income rider. It actually delivered more income and gave better benefits than an immediate uh, annuity that was uh, annuitized. So instead of an, an, an annuitization process where you choose uh, life only or maybe life with a 10-year period certain, meaning you'd get it as long as you live and you're gu- somebody's guaranteed to get it for at least 10 years. Um, these income riders uh, um, alternatively come out and you're able to calculate the amount of income that it would uh, likely generate at different age uh, kind of brackets as you as you as you age and then the the beneficiaries will receive the accumulation value in there if something happens to you so it's not uh, kind of a one and done it's still growing but you're guaranteed income uh, for life as well so um, so big overview overview just initially to give some definitions fixed annuities variable annuities immediate annuities that you know kind of follow this old idea of annuitization and then lastly this idea and this advent of these income riders that can guarantee and project an income in the future yeah i uh i think when it comes to these annuities like the way if i had to not simplify but boil it down to a way that's practical for me uh as a as a financial planner, we got all kinds of tools in our tool belt. So this this annuity one is is just one of our our ways to solve different problems that people have. But uh, for the person that has you know fixed expenses in retirement, that they 
need to be able to have income for, but they don't know how long they're going to live. That's where an annuity can kind of come in to help Mm -hmm. get you to that fixed income level Mm -hmm. so that you, you know, the stock market performance won't uh, decide whether you can put a roof over your head Mm -hmm. or or pay your food bills. Mm -hmm. Uh, But with that said, uh, you know, I've worked here for almost 10 years with you, Paul, and this is kind of a behind the scenes curtain view but you know i I really haven't seen at least in my uh memory you ever recommend a variable annuity to a client i'm not saying that you you would never but i just don't see that as often uh it's some of these other options that uh based on the values and benefits at the time uh a snapshot in time you you look through the different options and you say this would be a fit but i would also say too uh that you're not running to an annuity at the very first conversation or even the first, second, third year of client relationships. Uh, when I sit in on client meetings with you, uh, there's usually a specific reason why, why we're recommending those. So uh, I don't think people are going to find you out at a uh, at a steak dinner uh, yeah. restaurant here in town. Yeah. Uh, pitching the benefits of an annuity. Does that make sense? Yeah, sure. And I think um, it's important to, uh, on, and it's like most things in life, um, I know Fisher Investments is uh, common. Uh, they're kind of known for saying, hey, I hate annuities and you should too. And there's this um, heavy bias that they have against annuities. And then on the other hand, you have, um, you know, commissioned salespeople, uh, annuity salespeople that uh, just feel like everybody should get annuities and um, you know there are uh, they, they can be high commission products and so uh, so who's right you know who, who's right yeah. on that continuum and it's like most things um, the truth is is usually in the middle there somewhere and that's why it, it really is essential to have somebody that you can trust that's not um, you know, going after a commission because um, annuities can have a, a real sound place um, in an investment portfolio. Now, in this season that we're in right now, people ask, well, well gosh, what about now? Is now a good time to yeah, buy annuities? I was going to ask you that question. Uh, is it a good time? Is it a bad time? Well, for the annuity salesperson, um, and again, as we've talked before, I'm to the age now where I, I get an invitation in my mailbox probably once a week for somebody's wanting to sell, you know, buy my dinner uh, and um, uh, talk about finances. And I think most people realize that they're by and large selling annuities. That's mm-hmm. kind of the main way that they generate these big cash amounts that they can fund dinners like that. And again, that's not necessarily evil or anything, but you have to know going into it that there is a real strong insurance bias where they're going to try to solve your problems with insurance. And I've just never recommended that as being right or wise in terms of an approach. Uh, Somebody walking in with those kinds of biases, you're going to inevitably probably end up with more insurance than is necessary. So... Um, so that being said, when, um, when, when in this environment, 
the annuity salesmen, generally speaking, are saying, that mean old market, see how much it's lost? It's, it's just horrible. You don't want to be in the market. It's a terrible place to be. You need to come over here with these safe annuities where you have an upside potential and you're, you're, you've eliminated your downside risk. And, and that, that pitch can be really attractive, and, and I get that. But people need to understand the implications behind that and, and what all is going on there. And so I think, uh, uh, and again, this is just my opinion, but I think a more balanced view here, particularly in the last uh, three years, is thinking through, um, you know, right now bonds are starting to make a little money. Yep. You know, uh, what the, 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 the 10-year is somewhere, the, the 10-year Treasury notes, like, like what, four and a half, four point five five, something like that. I think the three-year... Um, or the three-month treasury notes, just uh, probably about the same. It's yeah. probably inverted right now. My point is that that bonds are starting to make a little bit of money. That they they they, they can earn some money, um, but you know, in the past, you know, three to five years, bonds have been really weak, and so you and I, every time we we interview someone and we put together a financial plan, we have to be thinking through wise places to allocate the low to no volatility assets that a family has to have. Yeah, and I, th- I think there's a lot more that can be said about this topic. Uh, but one of the things I, I, I guess I would add here at the end is that uh, I, it, uh, the, the big picture of financial planning retirement, uh, your goals are unique. <laughs> what you want to do is going to be very different from your friend, your neighbor, your coworker that was a little bit older than you. You're retiring in a, to a different economy than somebody 10 years ago. Uh, but I, I do think that that's one of the areas we can bring uh, advice and peace of mind to on whether or not this is something that you're interested in. I would also add a second bullet point that I see a lot of times people have been sold an annuity over the past decade and they have it they own it but they're not quite sure why they why they own it and so uh one of the the ways that you know if you're sitting there listening and you think boy i i i'd like to have that conversation or i'd like to have somebody figure out or help me determine if the one that i do have makes sense uh we can do an just a complimentary uh, annuity review where we can look at that, see what the if it has internal fees, what the income would pay out down the road. Uh, we can we can help you do that. And so uh, I would say if you if you wanted help, the best way to do that would be to call our number 865-770-5031. Uh, depending on what time you call, you may get a message, but leave, leave a message. We'll call you back first thing Monday morning, or you can go directly to our website, making financeseasier.com on the front page. Uh, There's a button that says schedule a meeting. You could click that and just say, hey, I was listening to your radio show. I have some questions. Can you help me with the review? And we'll get you scheduled via phone call or an appointment here in the office. uh, And we'll we'll help you solve that problem. Uh, But anyway, I think that's all we have for today. Anything you want to add, Paul? That's great. All right. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Making Finances Easier. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Paul Cochran, Garrett Crawford, or Bruce Landis at Providence Wealth Management. Call 865-770-5031 or visit them online 
at makingfinanceseasier.com. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by Providence Wealth Management, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Tennessee. Insurance products and services are offered through Providence Advisors Group, LLC. Providence Advisors Group, LLC, and Providence Wealth Management, LLC, are affiliated companies. Paul Cochran, Garrett Crawford, and Bruce Landis and Providence Wealth Management are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.